Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader? Audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. Look, it happens. Sometimes a story is unfolding right in front of you, but you don't see it. Maybe it's because other stories jump up and grab your attention, or there's something you've been keeping an eye on, and suddenly what you thought might transpire does, and you're engrossed in that. Like Rick Carlisle abruptly leaving Dallas, opening the door for Jason Kidd to return to the place he started his playing career only now as head coach. Or something pops up totally unexpected and piques your curiosity, like, say, Dwayne Wade becoming a part owner, only not with the team he's most closely associated with, the Miami Heat, but the Utah Jazz, a team he had no prior connection with. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know that I have talked about those various stories in previous episodes. But then there's the stories that bubble up in the shadow of events surrounding the same team. Bigger events, or seemingly bigger events. And that's the Brooklyn Nets deciding that they are going to go to the wall proving an analytical approach to building a team can win a championship. Now, the bigger events, of course, are Kevin Durant re-signing, the anticipation of both James Harden and Kyrie Irving re-signing with the team. But that overshadowed 
the other moves that they've made that well they illustrate exactly what i'm talking about in terms of the brooklyn nets it's not a surprise that they would keep them their big three in the fold i don't think we all all anticipated that but it's what they did with the rest of their roster that speaks volumes of what about what they believe in in spite of everything that we've seen in these recent playoffs an analytical approach doesn't factor in elements that you can that you can't measure in numbers therefore it doesn't concern itself with chemistry it doesn't worry about constructing a roster that provides flexibility in playing styles because let's face it how do you measure that more than anything though it works off the premise that the ability to shoot especially from long range has a value that trumps everything else it's a mathematical equation score at the most efficient rate per shot and your rim protection or depth or versatility are all secondary concerns if you can outshoot the opponent you will outscore the opponent which means you will win the fact that the nets practically abandoned their two traditional centers in the postseason deandre jordan never taking his sweats off after averaging 20 plus minutes during the regular season and nicholas claxton having his 18 minutes per game in the regular season nearly cut in half reflected that mindset the nets played almost purely small ball which worked just fine against the equally big man bereft boston celtics in the first round but ultimately it wasn't enough to get past the milwaukee bucks who actually ratcheted up the minutes of their seven foot center brooke lopez in the postseason and especially against the nets where he averaged 33 minutes a game a half a quarter more than he averaged during the regular season looking at the last four teams standing they all had and utilized a big man prominently clint capella saw his minutes go up in the postseason for the hawks avica zubac for the clippers saw his minutes fluctually fluctuate wildly but in the western conference finals he averaged 31 minutes a game after getting in only 22 a night in the regular season the sun's deandre ayton was fourth on the team in average minutes played during the regular season with even 36 year old chris paul seeing more time but in the postseason only devin booker averaged more minutes per game than ayton nba scouts and executives that i've spoken with this summer had one primary takeaway from this year's playoffs the big man still matters in the nba small ball obviously has become the standard approach and it seems as if every player at every position has moved down one if you want to see the art of playing through a big man in the post you need to catch a lakers game when anthony davis is healthy enough to play or catch the bulls with nikola vucevic i may be forgetting a few others but those are the first two that come to mind where i saw a at least a decent diet of them posting up and even those two spend as much time or more 18 feet away from the basket as they do underneath it but defending the rim 
and controlling the boards proved to be an increasingly vital element as the playoffs unfolded. And three-point shooting, meanwhile, dropped off in frequency and importance. The overall average threes per game went down a tick from 34.6 to 34.3 among the 30 teams during the regular season and the 16 in the playoffs. But by the finals, we were way down. The Suns averaged 28 a game and the Bucks 31. And the Suns were actually the more efficient three-point shooting team between the two. Just as the Hawks were the better three-point shooting team in their series with Milwaukee. And yet, the Hawks lost, just like the Suns. Now compare that to the first round, where five of the eight teams that advanced were the better three-point shooting team. And that was, far and away, the hallmark of what they were better at. It wasn't like they were better across the board. It was they were better in that one particular category, decisively, and it made all the difference. And in the three other series, the Blazers out shooting the Nuggets but losing, the Heat out shooting the Bucks from distance but losing, and the Mavs out shooting the Clippers but losing, the difference between the two shooting-wise was negligible. So there's all your evidence for how and what served the greater purpose during the postseason. And the Nets were blatant this offseason in essentially saying, we don't care. Their big offseason loss was Jeff Green, who alternated at center with Blake Griffin during the playoffs for the Nets. Green signed with Denver for a two-year, $10 million offer. GM Sean Marks elected to spend his money instead on Patty Mills, and not just $10 million, but $12 million to get Patty Mills, a 6'1", 180-pound point guard who averaged nine shots a game this past season for the San Antonio Spurs, six of them threes. Mills signed a two-year, $12 million deal because the Nets just can't have enough three-point shooting. Their other notable addition was Javon Carter, another 6'1 point guard, acquired in a trade that sent 6'4 guard Landry Shamit to the Phoenix Suns. Now, Carter only played spot minutes in Phoenix, but he was uber-efficient in one particular category, shooting threes at a 40, 42% clip. Because, the Brooklyn, say it with me, the Brooklyn Nets need more three-point shooting. I was a little surprised to see a headline where John Hollinger, inventor of the PER, tagged the Nets as having improved with their off-season moves. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Patty Mills. I think he's a great addition. But I was curious as to why John would single out the Nets and the Wizards as the teams that really improved when several other teams come to mind first. But then I took a closer look at what they did. Hollinger's an analytics guy. The Nets have gone all in on being an analytics team. It makes perfect sense that he would co-sign the direction they went. Me being a guy who values intangibles as much or more as efficiency statistically, I don't see it working 
for the Nets. I was asked a question earlier today on TV as to what stands in the way of the Brooklyn Nets building a dynasty. And I said, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks core, and I refuse to use the term big three anymore because it is now being applied to the best three players on just about every team, and that's not what it originally implied. And it also, after the fact, raises the status of guys that we didn't originally coin or name a big three. People are now referring to Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo as a big three because they won a championship, not because they were viewed individually coming in to their coming together as all being superstars, which is what initially, originally, the idea of big threes was supposed to be all about. But I digress. In any case, those core players for the Bucks, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis, have a better division of labor, a better chemistry, and now more collective experience in the postseason. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I was also asked earlier on TV if the Nets would have beaten the Bucks had they been fully healthy. And I said, yes, they would have. I'm not a thousand percent convinced of that, but for the sake of argument, yes, I'll say yes. But in any case, I don't think they could beat them now because this is a different Bucks team. The experience of closing out the Hawks without Giannis, winning a game seven against the Nets, going to a pivotal game five on the road in the finals, and then getting over the jitters to close out a tight game in the finals for a title changes a team. It changes a superstar. If there was anything holding Giannis back, it was his hesitancy in big spots. You could literally see that he was thinking through his options. And no matter how fast or athletic a player might be, thinking will slow him down, which will subsequently put him out of sync with everyone around him. Think about how Aaron Rodgers plays versus, say, Kirk Cousins. Rodgers is not thinking. He's just reacting to what the situation calls for and doing it. Cousins is trying to decipher what it is he should do before he does it. Giannis went from Cousins to a beta version of Rodgers by the end of this year's playoff run. Oh, DeAndre Ayton is in front of me? I'm driving. Oh, I have Jay Crowder on me. I'm posting up and backing him down. Oh, I've got a second defender coming at me from the weak side. Let's get the ball to my shooter above the arc. It still took him a second at times to let his next move sink in. But once he recognized the situation, he had no hesitation about he wanted what he wanted to do. The Bucks also learned a lesson of what not to do from the Lakers of a year ago. Milwaukee made a concerted effort to keep as many core pieces as they could from their championship run. They re-upped Bobby Portis. 
They haven't signed back Jeff Teague and Bryn Forbes, but they lost confidence in those guys and barely played them in the postseason anyway. They brought back George Hill, who spent last season in Philadelphia. They added some crucial depth with Rodney Hood and Grayson Allen, both low-maintenance, gritty competitors. The Bucks, in their way became more of what they already were, the same way the Nets became more of what they were known for last season. Scoring, especially scoring from range. The difference is, playing small and winning the three-point battle is the only kind of war they can wage. The Bucks can play big or small, especially now that Giannis is such an accomplished center. He can completely outduel as talented a big man as DeAndre Ayton, which is exactly what Giannis did in the final couple of games to clinch the series. I would have told you that the Brooklyn Nets, if it comes to small ball, were the best team in the league. They'd beat the Lakers, they'd beat the Bucks, anybody that they faced last year in, in a small ball competition, the Nets were coming out on top. I'm not so sure about that now when it comes to the Bucks, I believe the Bucks are right there. And Giannis, to me, is the biggest difference maker. And in terms of keeping the whole core together, I mean, let's, be, let's face it. Mike Budenholzer didn't play a very deep rotation. Six, seven guys. So they desperately needed to add a few pieces. And Rodney Hood, this is where my feel for chemistry and the importance of it to me counts. Rodney Hood is not a guy who's going to upset things. Grayson Allen, not a guy who's going to upset what you have. They'll be grateful to be part of a team that is coming off of a championship and looking to win another one. I honestly feel as if the, the Nets are not going to find their stride or be their ultimate best until they trade Kyrie Irving for a talented frontline player. If this was James Harden and Kevin Durant and Bam Adebayo or KD, James Harden and DeAndre Ayton, or even KD, James Harden, and John Collins, I would feel different about what the Nets have and their capability. And it's not like I don't respect Kyrie's abilities. It's just he's a luxury, not a necessity. He is a duplication of what KD and James are capable of doing. I need a piece that adds to the puzzle, that gives me something that I don't get from the other two. That's what I got with the Warriors core in Clay, Steph, and Dre. That's what I got from the Bucks with Giannis, Middleton, and Drew. And I'd even say that's what I got. Well, that's certainly what I got. Anthony Davis, LeBron James... And then you can pick who you want as the third. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Alex Caruso. You had a variety of pieces that were giving you different elements. And you just needed a coach who could orchestrate the different pieces. I don't see that for Steve Nash with the Brooklyn Nets. I see a lot of the same tools in his box that he's going to reach for. What I do find interesting is that the Nets parted ways with assistant coach Mike D'Antoni, who became a consultant for the New Orleans Pelicans, reuniting with his former colleague with the Suns, GM David Griffin, if you're wondering why or how that happened. While the Nets brought in former Magic coach Steve Clifford as a consultant. Now, Clifford is as much a defensive guru as D'Antoni is all about offense. So the Nets 
obviously are hoping to improve their defense from a year ago. They just hope to do it with personnel whose primary skill is putting the ball in the basket, not keeping it out. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, we're going into the weekend, and if you're looking for a way to stay in shape, I'd like to recommend an app called CardioCast. I first started using the app for guided training sessions on my spin bike. The whole Peloton craze was just a little too trendy for me. Their instructor's a little too woo-woo, and besides, I already had a really good spin bike at home, and I wanted to keep using it. The CardioCast instructors provide workouts with various lengths, 20, 30, 45, or 60 minutes, with banging playlists and inspiring instructions without making you feel as if you just joined a cult. And you can use them with any sort of spin bike that you may have. The app also has way more than just spin bike workouts. Running programs, both outdoor and for the treadmill, elliptical training, yoga, body fitness, even walk and jog routines. All for $12 a month. I use it at least three, four times a week, which works out to less than a buck a workout. CardioCast, C-A-R-D-I-O-C-A-S-T. Check it out. And they have a seven-day free trial to do just that and tell them that I sent you. All right, so the Las Vegas Summer League wraps up over the weekend. And in the next episode, perhaps we'll take a deep dive into what we learned above and beyond what I covered in the previous podcast regarding Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green. All that and more in the next episode. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.